Hello, everybody. My name is Kelvin, and you're welcome to Impact Series. It's a podcast where we bring people who have accomplished significant feats. We bring them here, and we learn from them. We tap into their knowledge so that we can also avoid certain mistakes, certain challenges, avoid certain pitfalls and shortfalls, and see how best we can make the most out of the opportunities that we, we find ourselves with. So you're welcome. This first installment is a three-part series where we had an interview with one of the foremost agribusiness consultants in the country, Kojo Akotobuateng. So stick and stay. It's going to be fabulous. Leave your comments, leave your feedback, and we'll definitely respond to them. Thank you very much, and have a fabulous time. Call right now, an awesome gentleman. He's currently the general manager of WeCom. Now, WeCom is an agribusiness um, company, and I mean, he'll, he'll give us some details about it. But he, in his past life, he used to be on the City Breakfast Show and he used to run a lot of things. I mean, he, he was one of the voices that whenever he spoke, a lot of us paid attention because the man has facts, he has filler, he knows what he's talking about. You know, he's an alumnus of KNUST, and I mean, he's doing a lot of amazing things. And right now he's cutting cutting his teeth in agri, agri, agri sector, and that's why he's the best person to talk to us about opportunities in, in, agri, in agri business. Not just for every anybody or for everybody, but for especially those of us who think we don't have time you know, because I mean, he was at one point in school, he was working full time and he was also running this thing on the side, you know, so when it comes to time management, he also knows how to do that. So if you are here and you are struggling with time management, how to make it work. I mean, I think that this is an opportunity for you to learn a thing or two from this gentleman. And he's none other than Kojo Akotobuatin. So boss, if you can hear me, please unmute your mic and let's, and let's have a conversation. I can hear you, Doc. Um, good evening, everyone. I hope you are all good well. Evening. And thank you very much for, for joining us here tonight. I'm super excited, super, super excited. Um, good evening to you, Irene, Enoch, Sam, Justine, Razak, Prince, and everyone else on the call. My name is Kojo Akotobuating. Um, I'm currently doing agribusiness and a few other things. Um, <laughs> in my previous life, I was mostly known to be a media person. But I'm a trained building technologist, uh, technologist um, from KNUSD. I'm currently struggling to finish my MPhil in sustainability science at Legon. <laughs> um, and I work with the New Age Group. So the New Age Group is um, a group of companies. Um, currently, we, ha we have three companies. New Age Agri Solutions, which is an input supply and agribusiness. Uh, company. We have Chigaba, which is an outgrower management company um, that has um, thousands of outgrowers under our wing. We support them with inputs and production support. And then there's Wecom, um, which I directly manage. Um, so Wecom is an agribusiness development company. What we do is that if, say, Irene comes to me and tells me, Charlie, I want to go into agric, um, this and this and these are my ideas. How do I make it work? We sit down and then we help you develop your business concepts and also show you the ropes and help you to set up and run. 
in some instances, um, there are some people who want to probably do a JV. Um, if there's an opportunity for that, we can do a joint venture and run alongside. Um, we also have our crowdfunding scheme called Insirwa, which um, between 2021 and now, we've raised money from the public through crowdfunding to do different projects. The first one was a thousand acre soya project in the north, and then a thousand acre maize project in the north. And then we did, um, last year we did a thousand acres of rice for the major season and about 698 acres for the minor season. And so that's um, in Syria, our crowdfunding platform. So basically that's a bit about me. I also do construction. So um, the CCTV building in Adabraka, I was the project manager that led the design and the construction of the whole project. The new one in Tesano, I did that as well. For those of you who have been to Aviation Social Center to the Bliss Family Entertainment, I was a project manager for that as well from the design stage all through to procurement and construction. Uh, so I get my hands dirty a lot. Uh, that's why I love construction in Agric. Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> when Doc contacted me, he said he wanted us to talk about agribusiness and the opportunities within this space. We can't use an hour to do that. So today we'll brush over everything agribusiness. And in due course, we may have time to focus on specifics because agribusiness is really, really broad. So I'm going to share my screen now, and um, I have a quick presentation I want us to go through. And after that, um, we can have a question and answer time and wrap up. Please, can you all see my screen? Yes, we can. Good. So, um, sorry, this. Okay, so I call this a beginner's guide to agribusiness. Um, basically to give you a general overview of agribusiness in Ghana and what the opportunities are. Now, um, Ghana, as we all know, has a population which is approximately 30 million. And I am, I am 36 years old. And um, this is about 56.4 billion cubic meters. So Ghana has enough water to supply all the water needs of West Africa if we harness it. And our land size is 227,000 square kilometers. Ashanti region is 24,000 square kilometers. And the state of Israel is 22,000 square kilometers. I'm sharing this because as we go along, you realize that we sit on gold. There's a lot of opportunity which we've not tapped. Because if you look at the agri-export of the state of Israel, it's almost more than the agri-export of the whole country. Meanwhile, Ashanti region is bigger than Israel has more land than Israel. It has uh, more water than Israel and you are unable to do as much. So that's, that's, that's why I put these here so that as we talk, we will um, get the right perspective about some of the things. The photo you see here is a group of farmers with some of our staff um, from Weta. When we did a farmer's deba last year to distribute fertilizer and seed to them to grow our rice for us. Now, if you look at this screen, this is our agribusiness-related imports into the country. The things that are produced within the agribusiness space that we import into Ghana, it's approximately $5 billion a year, okay? And these include rice, which is 7.84% of our agribusiness imports, which is um, about $350 million a year. 
It includes wheat. It includes poultry meat, which is about $250 million a year. It includes raw sugar, processed fish. It includes used clothing. Somebody might ask why used clothing. A lot of the clothing we make in the world is from silk, cotton, wool. And all these three are from agri. We grew cotton in Ghana, but we've not been as clinical over the past few years. A lot of the cotton fields, we left them to die. Um, if we paid attention to the silk industry, we could um, grow more silk worms to harvest silk. So used clothing is 3.64%. And some reports suggest that Ghana is the country that imports the most used clothing in the whole world. And these things we can produce locally. So that should give us um, a bit of perspective. Pure woven cotton, we import that. And packing bags, we import those. Socks, suits, a lot of things we do import. Bear spreads, all these here in the green column are clothing and textile related stuff from Agri that we import. There's also rubber footwear. We import over $50 million worth of that. There's fake hair. We import about 20, $24 million worth of that. Um, so for the ladies, the fake hair you wear, and for the lawyers, your fake hair is all categorized here. And then there's palm oil and all those things. Trunks and cases, so chop box. For the chop boxes we use for senior high schools, we make a lot of them locally, but there are some special trunks and cases that we import. Toilet paper, we import toilet paper, but there's a company in Akwamufi that uses bamboo to make tissue paper, that is toilet paper. There's an opportunity to use rice husk and agric waste to make all sorts of paper products. And this, where the mouse is, the Keza is, are paper-related products that we import. That runs into millions of dollars every year that we could produce. There's also plywood and a few other things that we import. So when we were in primary school and JSS, um, social studies were told that Ghana exports timber, Ghana exports this, Ghana exports that. With time, all those things that we used to be proud about and used to learn, um, we are losing out on all those things. And this just gives us a sense of what everything is. Now, I'll go to the full situation. So we import about $5 billion worth of agribusiness related stuff. And when it comes to actual food we eat, we import about $2 billion worth of that into the country annually. Um, they include both raw and processed food items from China, Europe, the Americas, and other African and Asian countries. But strategically, as you, as you saw in the first slide, this particular slide, we are endowed with all the resources to be food sufficient. So why are we not food sufficient? Um, if you look at this particular chart, it shows you the three main grains that we eat in the country. Maize is number one, rice is number two, and soya is number three. Um, in 2016, we produced less than 2 million metric tons of maize. Sometime in 2020, we hit 3 million metric tons. Um, our projection for 2022 was 2 million metric tons, so it fell. But we need about 4 million metric tons of maize minimum a year to be able to eat our banku, our kinke, our porridge, and also to feed our poultry. That is the current poultry stock we have. If we are to be sufficient in poultry meat, 
we need to do at least 10 million metric tons of maize every year to feed ourselves and to feed our livestock. Um, rice as well, we only produce about 10 to 30% of the rice we eat locally. The rest all is imported. And as you can see this particular chart, um, we hit our highest some time in 2020 and it's dropping again. Soya is used to make vegetable oil for um, cooking and other uses. And then the soya cake, which is a waste material from the processing, is used for animal feed, poultry, pigree, livestock, whatever. You can use it to feed them. But we are unable to produce enough soya in the country. So that also gives us a sense. So the three main grains that we eat, maize, rice, soya, we are unable to produce enough. There are some other grains like um, sorghum and, and millets that we produce, but the consumption of millets and sorghum has basically been limited to the, to the northern regions. But the good news is that now Guinness Ghana Limited uses sorghum and maize to make Guinness star and some of their drinks. And about 55% of their raw material is locally sourced, majority being the maize and the sorghum. So that's also an opportunity um, for people to tap into. Now, if you ask about opportunities in agribusiness, where are the opportunities? There are different areas in agribusiness that present an opportunity for you to invest, for you to solve a problem, and for you to contribute to national development. The basic one that we all know is production. So when somebody says they are farming poultry or they are farming maize or cassava or whatever, they are in the actual production of crops and animals for food. So if you are into rearing snails, chicken, goats, farming, cashew, farming, cocoa, whatever, you are in the first phase, which is production, which is the most primary of, the, of, of all the processes. Now, the next one is processing. Once production is done, the raw material for production is processed into different products. So for rice, if we produce paddy rice, we will mill it into the long grain rice and the broken rice that you get for your jollof and your wache and all those things. If I produce, say, pigs, right, it can be converted into sausage. If I produce poultry, it can be processed into sausage. Cassava can be processed into gari. Um, all sorts of things can be processed into different things. So processing is one of the key industries in agribusiness. And if you look at companies like Unilever, look at companies like Wilma, you look at companies like Olam and all these companies, they are primarily agribusiness companies that are into processing. So people think that these FMCGs are trade companies, but if you look at them realistically, they take raw material and process and they trade. But because as consumers, we interface more with the trading activity, we think they are trading companies. They're actually agro processing companies. And then there's aggregation. Aggregation is where at the end of the season, if we have your money, you can go up north or wherever there is production, right? To the water, wherever there is production, depending on the commodity you want, and buy from the smallholder farmers and buy and get a bulk to sell in bulk to other um, markets. So market women, are largely aggregators. A lot of the processors also have aggregation companies that go to um, the farm gate to, 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 to buy produce. What happens is that a lot of the farming we do in Ghana is smallholder, right? 
you have a farmer does that most farmers so the average smallholder holding for ghana is about 2.5 acres so the average smallholder farmer does 2.5 acres of production so they are farming in bits and pieces so these aggregators go and buy these bits and pieces bulk it up in their in their warehouses and sell to the markets or processing companies and then there's also something i call franchise trade you look at companies like um KFC and all these people, they are also primarily agribusiness companies that are into processing and trading. So KFC has developed their recipe. Um, in the Americas, they will buy bulk from poultry farms and potato producers and all that. And then they will process and sell. Now they have the franchise. So if I have money, I can have a KFC branch somewhere and pay for the franchise because KFC Global is doing the marketing and everything. They'll give you the recipe and everything and then use it to work. So KFC Ghana doesn't belong to the original KFC family. It belongs to Mohinani Group, who are the owners of Polytank, right? Um, and they sell KFC products. So there's franchise trade. So if Dr. Kelvin's um, um, yam chips and all those things, if I, if I want to do business with him and I'm in Nigeria. I can get a license from his franchise because now it's known. And then he'll help me with standardizing the product so that I can produce it for, for my market. There was also a Greek mechanization where a lot of farmers don't have their own tractors and harvesters. So there are people who buy tractors and harvesters and machinery we need for production and our activities. And then they rent it to us. So if you go to the um, agri production enclaves. They are mechanization companies and people who have tractors and equipment. So beginning of the um, beginning of the season, these um, harvesters, or these these mechanization companies will bring, say, their plows to come and plow the, your land for you, and then you pay something for it. So they are mechanization. They are input supply companies, which my company does very well. We also do aggregation and processing as well and production, but input supply. There are companies that import fertilizer, seed, crop protection, and all sorts of things we need to produce. For example, if you are producing maize, you need seed. You need fertilizer, about four bags per acre. You need crop protection. Crop protection are chemicals we spray against insects and um, pests that come to. So they are pesticides, right? And then um, crop protection, uh, we also have those for weeds. So we decide we spray them to kill weeds um, so that our crops can grow well. So they are the input supply company. So you can set up a shop in your village or anywhere there is demand for specific um, inputs and then you sell them and you make money. And then there's agri-financing um, where um, you can finance um, farmers and companies to do production and then they pay you back with some interest. Agri-financing um, practically was supposed to be ADB's job as a policy bank. But over the years, we've seen that ADB has been mainstream commercial banking than uh, focusing on the policy. Um, the other banks doing it, and there are individuals doing agri-financing. And the latest um, innovations we have in the system um, are, are the crowd funds, right? The crowdfunding companies that take money from people like you give it to farmers or use it to farm, and then they pay you back at the end of the um, season. That's a business I run. So we take money from you, use it to farm, at the end of the season, we pay you back. 
what that does for you is that you may not do production or processing or aggregation or franchise trade or mechanization or input supply, but you can sit at home and let your money work for you for you to get some returns in the aggregate space. And then there are other services like sales, communication, customer service, branding, extension services, so many other services within the aggregate space. So um, over the years, we've seen a lot of startups doing communication and value-added service for agri companies and for, for the agribusiness space. And from weather information and from this, from that, um, with, with, with the growth of the space too, we've seen food photography, videos for food and agribusiness and all sorts of things also coming up. So um, Dr. Kelvin, I'll use you as an example again, your products, to get it on the market, you need um, graphic designers, you need photographers, you need social media managers, you need marketers, you need salespeople who help you package your business. So all those are also things you can do in the agribusiness space. So there are, there are thousand and one things you can do, but I decided to just highlight just these eight areas as an initial um, cohort of areas that um, you can look into um, for opportunities in agribusiness. Now, when we talk about food production, um, we have piggeries. You can run a piggery. You can rear grass cutter, rabbits, snails, catfish, tilapia, goats, cattle, ostriches, ducks. And all these things I've written here are actually produced in Ghana. There are ostrich farms here. The last time I made this presentation, uh, Ostriches, who eats ostriches? There are a lot of people in this country who buy ostrich because it's good meat and they pay premium for it. So there are ostriches here. There are, there are people who buy ostrich eggs and all that. Um, the snail industry is growing because beyond just eating snails, there's a big market for the slime of snails. It's used in the perfume industry and it's used in other industries as well. So there's a big market um, for um, snail um, slime. Now, when it comes to the general crops, we know we know maize, we know soya, we know cassava, we know plantain, we know banana, we know millet, we know cowpea, cocoyam, sorghum. Now, these crops we've been traditionally using them for our fufu, banku, and pesi, and all these things. But there are so many other things you can use with these crops, and so many technologies available at the moment that you can use to really add value to these crops to make money. And then there are vegetables, the various things we, we, we know, eggplants, pepper, cabbage, lettuce, all these things are also grown here. And you go into agroforestry where people plant teak um, for, for its um, commercial value. These days, when you go to the market to buy wood for construction, back then you were getting proper wawa and udum. These days you are getting cyber. That's why I, I put it at number two. When you go, they'll tell you they're giving you, say, wow, wow, they're lying. Mostly it's cyber. There is mahogany. There is baobab with all its derivatives. There is mango. It's one of the big industries in the country at the moment. There is coconut, which is also one of the big industries in the country at the moment. There is cocoa and there is cashew. Did you know that about 8% of the total land area of Ghana is covered with cocoa? 8% of the total land area of Ghana is covered with cocoa. And cocoa gives us um, only about $2 billion a year. It adds only $2 billion to our economy. But the bulk of the cocoa we export generates over $100 billion for the value chain it lands in. 
So it's also something that um, you can look into and think about how to add value to cocoa in your own small way to make some good money. And then there are fruits like sauce up, um, sweet sap, passion, which is passion is really growing, papaw, um, there are people exporting papaw, tamarind, which is becoming a super food, citrus, there is also, there are so many other things that you can grow um, in the superfood um, industry. And then there are herbs and spices. If you should go to Melcom or any of the big departmental stores, you see a lot of herbs and spices packaged from Europe, Spain, so, so countries like Spain, Italy, and all these things. Um, too many brands being imported in, into the country. We have local brands like Miss Cookie Spices, uh, Myanmar Foods, and all those things, but they cannot meet the needs, our herb, uh, herb and spice needs. So if you would also want to go into agribusiness, that is also an area that you can go into. Basil, the general acocomessa, we know the mints, the parsley, the sages, the rosemaries, the oreganos, the thymes, um, all these things, uh, the, the lemongrass and all these things are things you can grow uh, to make some money. And a lot of these things can actually be 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 grown at home the herbs and spices and the veggies so you can start learning how to manage some of these things at home be before you expand into large scale for some of the animals the small ruminants like the grass cutters and the rabbits and all those things you can grow some at home catfish and tilapia those things so you can keep some at home so these these are some of the general areas in food production so that brings us to the end of part one in the engagement series with Kojo Akutobuateng, one of the foremost agribusiness consultants we have in this country. He gave us a brief overview of the agribusiness space in Ghana, the areas you can focus in, and even gave us a gist as to how we can start small in our various homes and then leverage on the knowledge and the experience and grow it into a large-scale business. There's more in the second episode, so stick and stay, and let's build this community together. My name is Kelvin, and thank you for staying on the Impact Series podcast.